everyone it's good to be in the house of god and um it's a great honor and a privilege to stand before you and to preach the word of god and um so before i get too long i just want to uh just want to you know just want to thank god and for my, our assistant pastor has been looking after the church in the absence of pastor so god bless him and his family for the work he's doing and uh yeah, we thank we thank God for that. Yeah, so um, I'm gonna try and get into it, and uh, and um, so a, f- a few weeks ago, um, I remember one of my classes, uh, TAFE, we were talking about the need um, to have you know interest outside of studies and as well as you know work because. Um, I'm doing a community services uh, course, and in and in that field, depending on what sector you're working in, it can be v- quite full on. And so, you need to have an outlet, you know, because you can be drained emotionally, physically, mentally. So we were having this conversation, and so we had to go around in a circle, and everyone had to share the things that they do outside of you know uh, of school so one, one of our classmates said uh he said he enjoys surfing so i looked around in a room and only he and the lecturer agreed to surfing everyone in the in, in the room i could sort of tell what they were thinking and i could sort of see like the word sharks popping on top of their head and like yeah like yeah we're on the same page and so so i just you know i started thinking and and um, and I said to and I just said, you know, uh, you know, anyway, I can't run, or you know, or stand. I don't think I'm supposed to be there, you know. And um, if I was in the ocean, I think the shark, you know, that's the shark's territory. So the shark has his right to devour me, and I have the right to remain silent. So, and so, you know. That's what I was thinking, and um, but it's true, you know. That's his territory, you know. and uh, and so and then one of the classmates said, you know, humans normally fear what they can't control, and so and I just, you know, I just felt, uh, I just felt um, God, you know, just gave me a message. Uh, he just pretty much confirmed the message because I was, uh, he gave me some thoughts before, but. And uh, but when my my classmates say that and um, and just this that's what uh, this title the title of my message comes from. So tonight I just want to talk to you about um, fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. And so in First uh, Corinthians chapter one, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, um, he was addressing the issues that had been in the church at the time and encouraged them to stay unified because there were divisions in the midst he began by telling them that God uses the foolishness of preaching to save those that believe and 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 um, to save those that believe you know he goes further to say um, to say uh, this that all of, um, that all of us um, 
Okay, so he says that the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God stronger than man. And then in verse 29, he says that no flesh shall glory in the presence of God. And then says that he did not, uh, you know, he, he didn't come to preach in the wisdom of man, but he trusted in the power of God. And then he starts explaining to us why the princes of the world, referring to the Jews, missed the promises and could not understand and obtain them in the olden days because they walked not in the, uh, because they walked in the flesh, and they knew, and, and if they knew, they would not have crucified Jesus. And so, fast forward to chapter two, and um, and so Paul says in. Verse 7, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, he says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. And in verse 8, he says, Which none of the princes of this world knew, for, her, for had they known it, they would have not have crucified the Lord of glory. And then he goes, and then verse, uh, verse 9, he says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. What Paul was referring to here, Paul was referring to the inability of the flesh to see and hear the spiritual blessings of God. In first Corinthians uh, in chapter in verse uh, ten and twelve, same chapter. He says, But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The only way for us to see, hear, and perceive the spiritual blessings of God is through the Holy Ghost. If I went to another country, which I've never been before, uh, for the first time, you know, let's say for example, if I was touring in Europe or Asia somewhere, I would, I, I would be totally dependent on a tour guide to show me where to go, you know, to show me all the good places to go to. You know, it's like that uh, walking in the Spirit. Because sometimes we think we understand and know the spiritual things of God in the flesh. But the flesh can't operate in the Spirit. And verse 11 helps us to understand by driving this point home. The Spirit of a man can only search the things that are inside of a man. And that's it. Only the Holy Ghost knows the deep things of God. So here's why the flesh cannot understand the spiritual things of God. It's because to the flesh, walking in the spirit is like walking in a foreign land. It does not understand, you know, like when you try and fast, you know, your flesh says, Dude, you're starving. Why don't you eat? That's foreign right there. It doesn't understand how things work. But the Holy Ghost understands the process. Your flesh does not understand the process. And so in verse 13 to 14, uh, says, Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual 
are things spiritual, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. You know, I, I really, I want to just read a couple of more scriptures that just reminds us that we need to walk in the Spirit. And First um, Peter chapter 2 verse 5 says, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So this temple, this temple, everyone pointing to this house, this temple, this temple is a spiritual house where spiritual sacrifices are meant to be offered. And some of, some of those spiritual sacrifices are like prayer and worship and praise because it's spiritual. And, uh, you know, and Romans 8 verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And verse 6 says, To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If there is a sacrifice every day on our, on our altars, and by that I mean crucifying the flesh and offering ourselves daily in prayer and in worship, and, and, and just giving in everything we can give to God in faithfulness um, to Him and to His cause. You know, and every time God passes by the altar, by your altar, He will give life because somehow God only works with things that are things that are uh, things and people that have died. That's how God works. He works with thing, things and people that have died, people that have denied. Um, themselves denied their old lifestyles and want to live a new life and God specializes in working with those type of things and in John chapter 12 verse 24 says verily verily I say unto you except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit so we see there the necessity of denying ourselves and dying to our to the flesh uh, because after death comes life Paul says um, I'm just going off the top of my head I can't remember the exact scripture but he says that you know and that I may know Christ in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering when you really think about it um, you know there is no resurrection without death there is no power without suffering and uh, Romans 8 verse 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. And then verse 8 says, So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And then verse 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. If, um, see, if my mind is carnal, then I become God's enemy because I'm not going to please him in my flesh. Particularly, uh, verse 9 says, But, you know, it says, But we are not in the flesh. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. But in the Spirit. So, um, I think today is the 11th, the 11th of August, yes, 
So I'm going to try and, and explain this to you in the 11th of August 2019 language. It you know uh, it says, "If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you." Um, now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. To me, that is saying, you know, you know, if you have the Spirit of God, then live like you have the Holy Ghost. And we can go further to say, you know, worship like you have the Holy Ghost. You know, let's, you know, let's love like we have God inside of us. Let's worship. Let's do, let's live for God like He truly lives in us. And and then he says, now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And uh, we see there that baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost is necessary for us to be identified with Christ Jesus. That we need the Spirit of God living in us in order to be identified as the children of God. The Apostle Paul, after talking about the works of the flesh... Uh, after talking about the um, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit, it says this in Galatians five twenty four. It says, "And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts." And in verse twenty five, it says, "If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another." Praise God! Praise God! And it says in verse 11 of Romans chapter 8, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Paul says something that really gets me. He says in verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. I I believe that, you know, he's basically saying that we owe it to God to walk in the Spirit. Because, you know, God is the one that paid the price. He's the one that gave the sacrifice. So we owe it to God to live in the Spirit and to walk uh, in the Spirit. And, um, and it says in verse 13, For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if, uh, if you through the Spirit... Do modify the deeds of the body, you shall live. He says, For to me to live is Christ. It's, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. He says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul says, In order to live and have eternal life, it's only through it's only going to happen through Christ. But how do we obtain that? The only way through uh, the only way is through death. He says, for to me to live is Christ. And the only way for me to gain Christ is through death. John chapter 3 verse 30 says, He must increase and I must decrease. Praise God. The reason I've, I've used quite a lot of scripture about dying and crucifying the flesh is because I want to build a foundation to share something that uh, just God really... Uh, gave me and um, and and helped me to understand just a tiny little bit um, this is a chapter that I've read many times before and and only knew what was told to me and uh, and when I kept on praying praying I prayed over for a long time but I could not understand 
But I kept on praying and reading it, and over time, just God just gave me something that really just really inspired me and encouraged me to. When, when I read this chapter in Ezekiel, you know, I started, um, I began to say to God, and uh, you know, just Lord, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm in shallow waters, you know, and the waters just reach up to my ankles. So if you want to turn to Ezekiel 47. And we're going to read from verse 1. If you're there, say amen. So verse 1 says, And after he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under, um, from under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Verse 2 says, Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the other gate by the way that looketh eastward and behold there ran out waters on the right side verse 3 says and when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward he measured a thousand cubits and brought me through the waters the waters were to the ankles and verse uh, 4 says, And he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. Um, uh, through the waters were to the loins. And verse 5 says, And after he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were reason. Waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. So the very fir the first thing that we uh, we have to really look at uh, closely, you know, it's verse one says that uh, the waters issued out from under the threshold of the house um, of the house eastward, and then um, and it says that you know it says that the waters came out, and verse two says waters ran out on the right side, and verse five says. Um, it was a river I could not pass over. The waters were reason where I could swim in them. I say that to prove this point that, you know, it was not a lake or a dam. In a lake or a dam, the waters are still and calm and not going anywhere. But in a river, the waters move. The waters move continuously. They're flowing somewhere. What did this have to do with fear of the unknown? See, when you get into the river where the water is up to your ankles, there is no need for you to worry about drowning because you're still standing. It's only just splashing your ankles. And, um, and, and there is no need for you to worry about drowning. If you went in a little further and the waters reached up to your knees and your waist, know you still be standing you know uh, you know you don't you don't have to worry about doing any backstrokes or anything 
Um, and you know, there's no need to worry about. But even if the waters reached up your shoulders, you're still standing. There's no need to worry. Um, you see, the river represents the spirit of God. We serve a God that is alive and not dead. He's always moving. His spirit is always moving. Praise God. His spirit is always moving. And we, and um, you see, and we, when we are in the river of life, just ankle, knee, loins, or even shoulder dip, we are still in control of our lives. See, God wants us to surrender all control and just let God and just let Him have everything. Let Him take over our lives. He wants us to get in so deep to where, uh, to where we are not in control of our lives. Here is the beautiful part about this. You see, when the water, you see when you step into the waters and then you get to a deeper place where the Spirit um, of God is moving. When you, uh, the beautiful part about this, you know, and I made a point that this was a river and the waters were moving. So, if you continue reading, let's read Ezekiel 47 verse 7. It says, Now, when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side, and on the other. And verse 8 says, Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country, and go down into the desert, and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. Praise God. You see, Philip was led by the Spirit, uh, was led by the Spirit of God into the desert. Praise God. Something powerful happened there. He trusted God and God used him to save the Ethiopian eunuch. You see, this river, if we allow God to work in us, if we surrender to his spirit, God, God's spirit will lead us into dry places. God's spirit will lead us into places where we can never go to in the flesh to do his will. God will take us into desert places in this land of Australia and we're going to reach people. We're going to bring life to cities and towns that have no hope to people that need the presence and the, and the, and the power of deliverance. Praise God. And, and that's where the Spirit is going. The Bible says that, you know, the waters issued out toward the east country and go down into the desert and into the sea. Praise God. And then verse, verse 47 say, uh, verse 9 says, and it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come and shall leave, and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall leave thither the river cometh. God is saying to someone today, if you just surrender yourself to me and allow my spirit to work in you, I'm going to work through you. To bring life to those that are dead in sins. To bring healing to the brokenhearted, the hurting, the depressed, forsaken, the abandoned. And there shall be great revival. Praise God. You see, and then, and um, you see, uh, and from that, that moment on, you see, God wants to make disciples. Uh, he wants to make uh, disciple makers. 
out of discipling, he wants to make disciple makers. When you read verse when you read verse ten, it says, And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi and unto the unto Eneglin. They shall be a place uh, to spread forth uh, they shall be a place to spread forth nets, their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of the great sea exceeding many. Praise God. See, disciple makers will stand on the shore as fishes of men and teach Bible studies to equip souls for the return of Jesus, which is very near. See, the church of God will have many different type of races. Praise God. There will not be one particular race. There will be many more different races. Praise God. Every tongue, every tongue, praise God. Everyone from uh from uh, different countries around the world, the gospel of Christ will be heard. Praise God. Praise God. And then verse 47, say, verse uh, 11 says, But the miry places thereof and the marishes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. Praise God. I'm really blessed to go to a church that loves me. And I love the people of this church. And I, I, I thank God for this church. And praise God. You see, you see, uh, churches that are not yielded to the, to the, uh, to the Spirit of God and don't want to partake in the will of God. Praise God. This is what Ezekiel forty-seven eleven says. But the miry places thereof and the marishes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to souls. Praise God. They, that's what's going to happen. There will not be there will not be places that will have revival, praise God, because those places have not allowed the Spirit of God to work and to shape and to change uh, and to change uh, the people, praise God. And 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 I'm so glad I go to a church that God is doing a work in and is transforming lives, is 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 you know is saving souls and 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 bringing people from every place, praise God, praise God. If the musician would come praise God going back to fear of the unknown see in walking in the flesh you see as as long as as long as the waters are up to my ankles and um, even up to my knees or my waist, you know, I'll always be a shallow person. I'll always be a shallow person. I could never really understand, uh, really, and, and could never really grow to the extent that God would have me to. And walking in the Spirit really requires faith. And um, I know many times where I've been in the presence of God and I just felt like, man, I could have gone a bit deeper than what I, where, where, where I went. But then I've just held back because I was comfortable there. Because the deeper we want to go, the more we have to give up. And that's just the reality. The deeper we want to see the glory of God, the, the more we want to see the power of God moving in our lives, the more we have to surrender our old lifestyle the more we have to separate ourselves from things that take up our time and and and, um, and distract us from doing the will of God and and 
that's where we're going to. So if we can all stand, and um, that's where we're going to. And and uh, so I just want to encourage you tonight. Just uh, you know, um, just you know, if we could just pray tonight, right where you're standing, you know. The Bible says, praise God. And I always sang that song, that there is a river. Praise God. What a beautiful song. Praise God. 